You're listening to Asheville Area Focus, and today we're talking to Al Batego, Chief of Police for the Asheville ABC Law Enforcement Division. The, the state of North Carolina is a controlled state, meaning that the state controls the sale of spiritus liquor. In, in a jurisdiction like I'm stationed here in Asheville, um, Asheville has liquor by the drink, so they have a local board. And that local board is the only place that you can buy spirits from. And uh, the attorney general's office and in their infinite wisdom places the police amongst the ABC board to help keep the honest honest and uh, look after all the permitted establishments here in Asheville. Uh, Buncombe County is a dry county. You can only buy liquor in, in the city of Asheville. So what we do is we go and we help the permittees to do the right thing. And it's a, it's a controlled substance, no matter how you look at it. And it's, uh, it's responsible for killing more people in bullets. We try our best to look after it, make people responsible, make them understand what this product is and what the outcome is it if it's misused. Last year, the ABC board made $50 million selling liquor. Oh, wow. Phenomenal. Huge. Yeah. yeah. Our culture, it's kind of a part of the fabric of our culture in a sense. Especially you know? here in Asheville. You know, everybody, you know, thinks, oh, it's Beer City. It, it is. And, and you have to remember that the tourist dollar is huge here. That's what drives the economy here. People come in and they behave just like we behave when we go on vacation. They're there to spend their money and have a good time. And us as the police, we're here to just kind of set the boundaries and keep everybody in it. Because what we want them to do is come have a good time, leave their money in Asheville, because that's important to right. all of us. And then I want them to go home to the people that they love in one piece. Where do those dollars then turn around and go back into the community? What are uh, some of the things the money is spent on? Oh, phenomenal things. There's there's this huge grant program that does um, everything for all of the homegrown not-for-profits. And it helps provide shelter and care for people that are affected by controlled substance. And what these grants do is these grants help to mend the people that have been damaged by the product. It's mandated by law and that this local ABC board does a phenomenal job of vetting down the applications for grants mm -hmm. and being sure that the awards go into the hands of the people that make a difference. The money for the programs that I run come out of that grant program as well. Okay, and what are some of the programs that you run? Well, we do a lot of messaging here with your station, and we also do a Be Responsible program. Print thousands per year of red coasters, and these coasters are to help the servers. They'll drop it down when somebody's been served too much and they're about to be overserved. They're red carded, they're out of the game. Oh, wow, that's a great idea. It's it's gone over really, really well. Um, we put them into the, into the marketplace absolutely free of charge, and then what we do is we print garments. And these garments will have graphics on it that the local permittees pick. And these graphics are really super contemporary. We put them on high-end gear, um, pullover hoodies, fleeces, quarter zips, toboggans, uh, drawstring bags, you name it. And what my agents do is they pack this gear in. We're a soft-closed detail. We kind of hide in plain sight. And when we see somebody using the system we've designed, they get to pull from this bag of goodies and they can grab a hoodie. They can grab like a reward program. It is. And it, my theory on this is that I would rather for the people who's, who serve this product, I would rather be their ally than their enemy. And I get that I'm law enforcement and make no mistake about it. If you if you have a permitted establishment and you don't serve this product safely, 
I will do everything in my power to crush your dream. And what? And when you say when they're not um, using this product safely, what do you mean by that? They they serve to underage persons. They serve to intoxicated patrons. Um, they consume while they're serving behind mm-hmm. the bar. Um, they they just basically don't respect what damage the product can do and how much control they have over it. So what we do is. The sign above my door says that we're going to get compliance through education and assistance. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you everything that you possibly need to run a successful business. And I'm going to come to you whenever you need it. I don't care if it's two o'clock in the morning. I'll come and sit with you to we can sort your problem out. Or if you break the rules and you go about it wrong, mm-hmm. I'm just going to stop it. This product kills people. That simple. People drive drunk. They get drunk. They leave a business. They step off the curb, get hit by cars. And I know that when people go out, like you mentioned earlier, you know, people come to Asheville to have a good time to go on vacation. You go on vacation and have a good time. And the message is have your good time, but do it responsibly. Don't do it illegally. I know that underage drinking is a problem not only in Asheville, but everywhere. So let's shift gears here a little bit about the underage drinking or teenage drinking. Not only is it a problem for those that are willing to sell it to minors, but it is minors problem who are willing to buy it as a parent. And I'm a parent of teenagers. How do you start a conversation with a teen or maybe a preteen about maybe they're not going to drink it, but they're going to be around somebody that may drive them or have a ride that would abuse that product that you're talking about? Well, you know, when I when I talk to adults, I, I do this quite often where I'll, I'll have a, a parent teacher organization, a church group. Um, any kind of organization that, that wants to hear this. I've done it for um, college freshmen. I've done it for high school seniors. I've done it before prom. Um, the first advice I give to, to parents is don't be an idiot. Mm-hmm. Your kids are doing the same thing that you did. And you think that you're going to take this posture on where you're so righteous and everything has gone perfect in your life and they need to live to this perfect example. They're not. They're, there's things that are put as an option for them every day that would horrify you. Mm -hmm. And sometimes as parents, we think we know little Johnny, we think we know little Timmy and they're innocent and great because they're telling us the right things. But I would, I would venture to say that every teenager will be exposed to alcohol at some point, whether they're going to drink it or say, maybe they're going to do the right thing, but it's still important to talk about. Well, yeah. And I, I think the thing to understand is that what drives a lot of these choices is peer pressure. You and I as adults in a, in a professional environment, we experience peer pressure every day because we want to excel at our job. We want to be better than it, than the person that wants our job. Mm-hmm. Um, when, we, when we're amongst our friends, we want to have the nicest house, the nicest furniture. We want to be able to have a lake house or a beach house. We always want to win. Kids are the same way. And what happens is when they get surrounded by their friends, they morph into what their friends tell them they should be. What we have to put into their mind is that it's okay to be exactly who you are. The first thing we have to teach our kids is to be comfortable in their own skin. I know that it's difficult for for children and young adults to feel like they fit in. So what they do is they look at their peers and they'll emulate their behavior because they figure it plugs them in. And most times the best way to be cool is to be you. And I know that peer pressure is a big deal for us as adults. So we can't just Absolutely. expect teenagers who don't even have their frontal lobes completely developed no. to make you know better decisions than we do sometimes. Because as adults, sometimes you are with your friends and you're, you're thinking, I'm having some wine. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have two glasses. I feel fine. 
maybe I'll just have one extra one. And it only takes that one time. And I know as parents, we harp a lot on our kids because I've got uh, teenagers. I've done this twice now. It's my second round. And really, other than just peer pressure, it is a coping mechanism. Drinking underage is the same thing as them trying to cope with some things, succumb to peer pressure, Mm -hmm. just like we do as adults. Sometimes we think it's been a rough week. Is I'm on vacation. It's time to relax. And we overdo it a bit. So we can't expect our teenagers no. to know when to cut that off if we as adults make the same mistakes. Absolutely. Every day. What, what we're perfect as, as adults, is being hypocrites. Right. We have, we have two standards. We have the one that we expect the young people that we've made and we're trying to guide through life to live through. And then we have the one that we live to. When, you sit, when you're sitting at the house party, you're at the barbecue, and you know you've had that third or fourth glass of wine, and the voice in the back of your head is going... Boy, I hope we don't get stopped on the way home because this is probably too much, but we drink it anyway. Right. And that's that's the difference. The first person we have to be honest with is ourselves. And then the other thing, there's nothing wrong with telling your your kid that you're scared. I'm I've lived a life at the point of the spear between the military and law enforcement where I've never had a concern for my own well-being. I always thought that, you know, whatever's going to come is going to come. And my hope always was when it comes time for me to stand and meet my end, I hope I do it in, in a brave and glorious fashion. Never worried about that. Never lost a minute sleep over it. I had kids and learned what it was like to be terrified. Mm-hmm. I was afraid oh, yeah. somebody else would Can't hurt Can't control them. it. No. And it, and it drove me nuts. And one of the first things that I did with my children was tell them I'm scared. I'm, I'm afraid that something will happen to you. I'm afraid you'll make a bad choice. I'm afraid that something you do will take you away from me. However that is, whether it's the loss of your life, it's prison, it's opportunity, it's whatever it may be. And you would be surprised how compassionate your children are to your emotion and your fear. And they realize, wow, I can take this off mom or dad's plate. I can make a good choice. I can I can do the right thing when it needs doing. And it also gives them a shared responsibility with you. You know, you're letting them, you're being vulnerable with them to let them know, hey, I, I want you to make good choices because I care about you. I know that all parent-child um, relationships aren't the same. No. And I know some are very complicated. Some people yes. right now have very rebellious, difficult teens to even have this conversation. Talk to me a little bit about the difference between parents that have the conversation, even though it's difficult, and those that don't. Um, I think that I think that having the conversation, opening up the topic, if even if it feels like it was a wasted effort, there's still bits and pieces of that conversation points that are held back that'll come in handy at times. What I tell young people and what I told my kids, and this is kind of where this whole thing started, is I didn't want to rule their life. When I talk to young people, I say, I don't want you to follow every piece of advice that I'm ever going to give you. All I want from your life is 20 seconds from the beginning to the end. I want 20 seconds. Your life will boil down to four or five second decisions that you make that Mm -hmm. will forever change the outcome of it. And some of those decisions, I think we say, oh, have the conversation, you know, don't underage drink. And that's the conversation. That Mm -hmm. isn't the conversation. I know that my son was was um, involved in a situation recently where he was not drinking but one of his friends, his ride, you mm-hmm. know, it was his ride. Yep. So he went to the football game, noticed yep. one of his friends maybe not making a responsible choice, kind of wouldn't have known what to do. But we'd had the conversation where I said, you know, if your ride 
is under the influence of any kind, call me, text me, no judgment, no in trouble, I'll come Mm -hmm. get you. Because not only is it, hey, don't underage drink, everybody kind of knows that. The message is you're going to be around it. And if someone is your ride home that's under the influence, you need to not be in the car with that person because it only takes, like you say, those four or five seconds before either your life is gone or it completely changes. Yep. I have unfortunately been that knock on the door at four o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. I have eased a parent to to the floor of their porch mm. because I've just told them that they've lost somebody that they love and their life will never be the same. And I have to tell you, for me, that that cut is so deep. That scar is is such a reminder for me as to how fragile everything is. And I can never, there's a lot of stuff in this line of work that you can step away from. There's a lot of horrible things that you see and you have to take part in. Mm-hmm. And those things I've managed to escape from, it's, it's, those, it's those parents I've eased down that I could not get away from. That's what brought me to where I'm at. Because I really think this is, this is more about changing an outcome. You know, I've been fortunate enough to be in the right place at the right time throughout my career and really, really have something good happen. This I feel like I can make a lot of good happen. And I can make people my allies. They don't have to be in the car with me. They don't have to be working the calls for service. This is this is about more than alcohol. Yes, it is. Thank you so much for being here today. Al Batego, Chief of Police for the Asheville ABC Law Enforcement Division.